Mediated Conversation on SAFM. Good morning, time for your Mediated Conversation this Tuesday morning. Over the last few months, there's been another huge argument in our society around the new Employment Equity Amendment Act. Under the Act, the Minister of Labour and Employment has the power to set targets for companies in different industries and can impose targets based on the region of the country in which a company operates. In other words, if a factory is operating in KwaZulu-Natal, it may be in a position where it can meet different targets to a company that's in the Western Cape. But there are huge arguments over the intentions and the words of this and when a company can be punished. Those who oppose the Act claim that a company could be fined if its staff do not reflect the racial mix of the country's population. Those who support the Act say you need to pay attention to the words used in the legislation. They say that the law uses the words targets and not goals. In other words, from what they say, there may be no legal duty on a company to meet the goals or the targets which are set. I expect this discussion around uh, employment equity to revolve to an extent around these words. Well, first this morning, you'll hear from the Labour Department. Tembrin Korsim Kalipi is the Chief Director of Labour Relations for the Department of Employment and Labour. Then you'll hear from someone who opposes this legislation. The head of legal at Solidarity is Anton van der Beel. And finally, someone who supports it. Sandila July is the head of employment at Worksman's Attorneys. We start then from the Labour Department with Tembrin Korsim Kalipi. Tembrin Korsi, good morning. Thank you for your time on our mediated conversation. Good morning, Stephen, and good morning to your listeners. Firstly, what's the aim of this legislation? What are you seeking to do? This legislation, Stephen, as you indicated, is doing three things. One, it reduces the, the regulatory burden for small business. It excludes all those companies that employ uh, 1 to 49 employees, that is less than 50, uh, from the requirement of the law to report. They don't have to submit reports on an annual basis, those companies. And nobody's talking about this, and we think it's a good thing for the economy. Secondly, as you've indicated, it empowers the minister to set targets uh, in sector targets uh, after consulting the sector concern. Now, there's nothing new in this. The only thing that is new is that the minister is setting the targets, not the employers. Over the last 21 years, the law required employers to set their own targets. And that's the only change that is being made. The principle of setting of targets is not new. The, what is new is that the minister will set those targets, obviously, in consultation with the sector. And the third thing that this law is doing, I mean, it's not doing, we've given notice, because also it's not new. Section 63 of the current law has not been promulgated. We've given notice that we intend to promulgate that section. It deals with the ability to do business with government if you uh, uh, comply with Employment Equity Act. Those are the three things that are really in the law. Obviously, the one that is, as you say, was controversial that people are talking about is the ability of the minister to set the target and the, the target that was published for public comments. Thank uh, you. Okay. If a company misses a target, and I, let's just say, for example, a company employs 100 people, they're set a target, so the minister has set a target that in that industry, in that place, it has to have so many black people in the company in management positions. If it misses the target, what happens? Now, I mean, Stephen, I think we need to explain how this works. The minister set five-year targets. That's what the minister does. Says between now and the next five years, this is, what, this is where we want to be. 
the company itself has got the responsibility to set its own annual target. Now, if the company does not meet its own annual target that it's set up, and it does not have justifiable reasons for not meeting that target, then it will face the consequences of the law. But if it's got justifiable reasons for not meeting the target, it can cite those justifiable reasons. If you look on the regulation that was published a uh, long time for public comment, it's got a list of justifiable reasons that you can select. All those justifiable reasons were discussed and agreed between uh, government, labor, and business at Netflix. Therefore, they cover all the eventualities. The issue is, uh, if an employer can't meet its target, it's got a justifiable reason, it's got nothing to fear. But if that justifiable reason that you selected is found out later that it was not at all justifiable, then your certificate that you receive will be thrown and you face the consequences. Just like any other law, when you obligations are imposed to an employer, an employer must meet those obligations unless they've got justifiable reasons. Okay, so for example, a company has been given five years to achieve a certain target and it spends quite a lot of money and resources on training people to take certain jobs. It gets the people into their jobs and literally just before the moment comes, their main competitor comes and poaches an entire group of managers. I've seen that happen. Okay, that happens. You would accept that as a justifiable reason. If they could prove they tried very hard and still failed to meet the target at the right moment, you would accept that? Well, as I've said, I mean, there's a list of justifiable reasons. If they select the list, and that list could cover the issue that they're raising, that, look, uh, we have not been able. It does. It, it won't say, well, I've employed somebody, then somebody has left. It would say maybe I not, have not been able, there have not been enough uh, people for, from designated grouping that have got the necessary skills that I should have. Those that we've employed have left. That could be a justifiable reason. Okay. I mean, another justifiable reason might be over the course of this five-year period, we employed so many black people. Some of them left. We work in an industry with high turnover. At the moment, we have more white people than we normally have. But over the period, we've actually employed a lot more black people. Well, Stephen, I don't want to discuss all permutation in terms of justifiable reason. The principle sure. here is that if it's a justifiable reason, we discuss the justifiable reason, and it's, 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 it's reasonable, you've got nothing to fear. That's what is important. Okay. Uh, whatever that justifiable reason is. And remember, also, I'm stressing I'm this point, you are not assessed on the five-year target as an employer. You assess on the annual target that you set for yourself towards the five-year target. Remember, for the five-year target, then, and the employer will say, in the first year of, of this five-year, I'm going to be 20% of that five-year target. And that's where you assess. And that's an employer that says that. It's not a minister. The minister has said, in five years, we'll be 30%. A company says, in the first year, I'm going to be 20%. In the second year, I'm going to be 50% of that target that has been set by the minister. As long as after five years, your target that you're setting end up being the same 100% of what the minister said. But you are not assessed on the five-year target. You are assessed on the annual target that you as an employer set yourself. Okay. There's another issue around the target. Some are national and some are regional. How does that work? It's the, the issue, the law has already dealt with this issue. In terms of the law, you, the law says you must have, uh, implement both national and regional. 
the, the regulation allow employers to decide. It doesn't matter if the employer says uh, we want to, uh, our, to, to use the provincial uh, EAP, you can use it's your decision as employer. It's not the decision, the decision of the department that says so. In, when you go into the system and the regulation will unpack that, it up front indicates that uh, uh, it's your decision. You choose what uh, 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 demographic that you're going to use, whether they are regional or national. And are you looking at the people who are employed in a company or are you looking at, say, the number of black people in management in a company? I'm, I'm not sure what the question is saying. Okay. Can, could, could you still have a factory that employs 100 people, 10 people in management and 90 people working, making things on the factory floor? Are you looking only at the entire company, the 100 people, or are you looking at management? What I'm trying to get to is, would we, it we're still... We're looking at the four, at the four, four top levels. Top management, senior management, professionally qualified, and skilled level. Those are the four top four levels that we set in targets for. Okay, so it would be illegal to have a company that employs ninety people on the factory floor and ten white managers. Well, I mean, if 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 uh, they, they, that company, remember, we said the company must set has set its target. The intention of sure. the of, of the employment equity is to change exactly that. Don't want this. What they call it, it, it's the Irish coffee syndrome, where you've got white people at the top, black people yeah. at the bottom. Sure, I, I'm trying. I'm, I'm trying to get you to say that. That's what yeah. I needed you to say. Okay. Yeah. And just to be clear, the law also says a, a white person can't be fired or retrenched simply because they are white, and the company has to meet these requirements. That's always been the law, hasn't it? That's always been the law. You can't uh, uh, dismiss anybody or retrench anybody to meet employment equity imperative, but. If there's vacancies arises, then you've set up a target. It is expected that in your recruitment, mm. you will favor if there are suitably qualified uh, people who are able to do the job, who meet uh, the criteria of employment equity, you should be able to prioritize them. Tembrin Korsim Kalipi, thank you very much indeed. Chief Director of the Labour Relations for the Department of Employment and Labour. You with SAFM. It's a quarter to nine. Your mediated conversation continues around the employment equity regulations. Anton van der Beel is the head of Legal at Solidarity. They oppose these. Anton, good morning. Good morning, Stuart. You've heard the Labour Department. You've heard how they explain and understand this legislation. Do you have a different interpretation of this law and what the regulations actually mean? Yes, Stephen, if, uh, if, I, if we accept the uh, Department of Labor's version of what's happening, then we would unequivocally withdraw any opposition against this act and the regulations. But that's not what's happening on, on the floor level. If you look at the act, if you look at the regulations, it's imperative. It's not discretionary. It's prescriptive. It says you must comply with this target set by the, by the uh, minister. If you look at 16, the, the new Section 20, it says you must comply with the targets. And thereafter, Section 42 and 53 says uh, there, must, there may be uh, uh, penalties. So to, to accept what Mr. Mukalipi says, no, uh, it's up to you. You decide whether you want to comply with, with these targets. That's not correct. That's not what that means. And that's why we say, say this is a quota system. It's sit within the system where the minister can stand up one morning and say, no, I want this sector to look at 80% uh, colleagues must be employed in the specific sector. And then that must happen. Uh, the the, the uh, 
all that he must do is there must be certain discussions with this, the sector, and then it can be uh, uh, applied. We say this is a purely quota system. Uh, the effect of this quota system will be a high penalties and it will most likely lead to some sort of retrenchments. Except that it's over five years and companies get to set their own targets in that period and there's consultation. I mean, consultation is key to this. The industries will be consulted. Yeah, uh, there's a, a document, uh, a slideshow that Mr. Mukalipi himself, I think, explained to the to the Parliament and to, to the Portfolio Committee when consultation was discussed, and it was specifically said to him, or the alternative was stated, that a consultation, there must be a joint consensus-seeking type of process. Now, the department in that specific uh, discussion said, no, we are not going to have a discussion. Uh, we are not going to have a joint consensus-seeking process. It's going to be a discussion. So the minister is going to tell you this, Irrespective of what your version is or how you see it, it will be imp- implemented by the minister. So to use the word consultation is, is a bit it's a bit disingenuous by the minister and by the department. They mean consultation, uh, uh, discussion, uh, consultation. I will have a discussion with you. You will accept it or not accept it, but we will implement that. So that's not that's not what's going to happen. There's going to be a discussion and it's going to be implemented by the minister. Okay. If for a moment I accept everything you say as being correct, just for a moment, the argument would go like this. We've seen time and time and time again how companies are still largely managed by white people, white men. Transformation does not appear to be happening, particularly at the management level. Surely government has to do something. The argument would go, this legislation is the correct response. Companies are not transforming. They're not transforming at a management level. And government and the constitution says that we must transform. Their government's doing the right thing. Yes. Uh, so, so there's quite a few arguments against that proposition. First and foremost, the argument would be if we, we need to grow into that percentages or into that targets. For that to happen, we need to grow as a as South Africa about 12.3% year on year on GDP, which is impossible. That cannot happen. So, so possibly let's start by looking at what is the problem and not looking at what how can we make the most extreme outcome possible for South Africa. So let's look at what is the problem. These sector or these levels is the four top management levels. How can you use the EAP if you know, you must look at use the suitably qualified persons that may be appointed in that specific positions? How can you look at EAP if you if that specific positions need some sort of experience, need some sort of education, and need some sort of skills? Top management, you let's say for example, you need 10 to 15 years experience. That the department doesn't take take that into account. They don't tell you now this target is enhanced to the effect that you need to take the EAP and then you need to look at the, what's the level of experience for top management. So so we say that's the gist of the problem. Let's start by looking at what is the problem, why are persons not appointed. Possibly it's due to the fact that the, the, the government doesn't do enough to, uh, to upskill black persons. Maybe that's the problem. But yet again, we look at the the problem or the solution to that problem is 
it are just going to implement it more extreme than that it has been implemented. We say this is irrational. It cannot, it cannot happen like that. The head of legal at Solidarity, thank you, Anton van der Bell. In a moment, a different view. Sandila July is the head of employment at Verksman's Attorneys. Your mediated conversation will continue. Mediated Conversation on SAFM. Seven minutes to nine, your Mediated Conversation continues around the new employment equity regulations and legislation. Sandilo July is Head of Employment at Worksman's Attorney. Sandile, good morning. Sandile? Good morning. Uh, there you are. All right, sorry, we lost you for a second. Yes. Um, you've heard uh, the view from the Labour Department and you've heard the view from the Head of Legal at Solidarity. In your view... Do is this a big change for what business actually has to do? Uh, Kevin, there's no big change. All what happened, as the guy from the from the department explained, is the intervention by the minister. These goals or targets were given to the employers to come up with in terms of Section 20 of the of the BE Act, Employment Equity Act. But in my view, the then government failed that they failed to do that. Now it has to intervene. So there is nothing of substance other than that the minister has decided to intervene and take over the process. Okay. I mean, the argument would come uh, that to give a politician this kind of power may give them too much power to actually intervene in private business. What would you say to that? I don't think there's anything wrong with that because all what the, the, the politician will do will do what he's supposed to do to make sure that there's transformation in the workplace and set the targets. And if you are not happy with the targets, there's a consultation process that is to happen and you explain why the targets are out of line. Is it possible that there's a big breakdown in the consultation process, that industry wants X and the minister wants Y? In that case, would the minister have the power to decide to do what they wanted, saying that they've consulted? And I realize there are legal judgments around the definition of consulting, but consultation doesn't always mean you have to do what the other person wants. And that's the point I'm trying to get to. Stephen, I I, I anticipate that problem. We can't can't underplay that issue. But it was about numbers. What is important is the principle. The legal principle is that there must be transformation in the workplace. So when people speak about numbers, it's something that can, at the end of the day, be sorted out. Because those targets are about numbers. It's a percentage and numbers, but the principle remains that the workplace industry must transform. And this whole issue of now concentrating too much on the targets and uh, and civilize the, the the whole act which is about transformation is it, an issue it's a problem is it your prediction that we'll actually see big companies being fined for not meeting targets for not doing what the minister requires of them do you think that that is what is likely to happen probably not immediately but maybe in five years time i don't think big companies will be fined i don't think so i think big companies have been trying to transform of course, where you are not in a position to attract skills, because there's a shortage of skills in this country, we must also discuss the act in a context, not as an academic judgment. Because there, there, there's a problem in this country of hard skills. If you can't find hard skills in an engineering company, you are free to tell the minister to say these targets are not realistic. We are not going to be able to comply. 
And as I understand reading of the Act and the resolution, nothing stops you to make those submissions. So effort has to be made by both the employer, which is the industries, and the, 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 the department to make sure the skills that are scarce are obtained so that there the, the are level, the, the, the leveling of uh, playing field at the workplace. There's quite a lot of power to the minister here, it seems to me, because he could set easy targets, in which case a transformation doesn't really speed up, but business may be happy. Or he could set, the current minister is a he, or he could set difficult targets, in which case the industries will scream, or some of them will scream, but transformation may happen uh, more quickly. It seems that the minister has quite a lot of power in this process. I beg to differ, Stephen. This issue of targets is even with the with Section 15A, which is a new section in the Act, it still does not take away the powers of the employers to come up in their own business plan to come up with targets, meaning that they can still be realistic in their own plan, equity plan, to say this is what we can achieve, and we've got a period of five years to do this. So. If you say, I can achieve this in this year, then after five years, you then say, I could not achieve even the number that I set for myself. I don't, I don't, I don't understand what is it. I think people are putting the cat before the horse. Uh, they start thinking about problems even before they can even start implementing the act. Sandila July, thank you very much indeed, Head of Employment at Worksman's Attorneys. My thanks also to Anton van der Beel, the Head of Legal at Solidarity. Starting us off today, of course, from the Labour Department itself. Timberin Korsim Kalipi is the Chief Director of Labour Relations for the Department of Employment and Labour. Uh, I do not expect by any means that this is the final word on the issue of the Employment Labour Regulations and the Employment Labour Act. I'm very certain that there'll be a lot more conversations around it to come. We, of course, will be back with you tomorrow. We've already podcast, thank you, Stanza, on the SAFM website. Just Google SAFM Sunrise Podcast. We've already podcast that conversation with Zuneid Motti. You can go back, listen to it for yourself. You can find it as well on the SAFM uh, radio and at Stephen Curtis' uh, Twitter feeds.